This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. We want to hear from you right now. Text us at 918-262-5072. All right, it's 237 here on the Blitz 1170. Matt, remind me. Your little note there on Tulsa football. Uh, Kevin Wilson getting after a local member of the media last night on Twitter. Oh. Yeah, we'll have to visit that coming up in a bit. I would love to. One of those things that you read and you're like, oh, okay, all right. So that's how it's going to be. It's 2.38 here on The Blitz. Uh, I want to welcome in for the first time a gentleman who, uh, quite frankly, absolutely kills it on everything that I've seen him on. Uh, Andrew Schleck joins us now, covers the Thunder. Uh, you see him on the athletic shows, uh, the athletic NBA show, Down to Dunk, also part of the OKC Dream Team. Andrew, thanks so much for joining us here in Tulsa, man. How are you today? I'm uh, doing great. Thanks for having me. Hey, I was listening to the conversation with you and Vicini, which was awesome, by the way. I think you two guys combined have some of the best content that exists uh, just in conversations about the league. Uh, and in part of your conversations that you were having, you started off the podcast by naming your contenders. So in terms mm-hmm. of just like Western Conference, maybe you can point me in the right direction on this. I'm having a hard time un- uh, deciding of how much I want to lean towards this is with where the Thunder are in terms of uh, right now playoff positioning-wise. How much of this is their growth? How much of this is just the current state of the Western Conference? Because I'm having a hard time understanding that one a little bit to me. Uh, It's wild that we're this late in the season and only a certain number of games separate, what, like four all the way down to 12. It's, It's pretty crazy. Yeah, the the standings are definitely a huge part of it. I mean, if you think back to whenever the Thunder snuck into the playoffs for the first time and played the Lakers, they won 50 games. Yeah. (laughs) The standard was really high back then, and the West had been really tough. And it's it's still tough, but it's just tough in a different way. There's just a lot of mediocre teams. I mean, I I would say there's not a great team in the Western Conference, period. Like, like just keeping the Western Conference to the standards of, like, the last 20 years, there's not a great team. You know, Denver has been really good this year. But Denver in, like, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago would have been, you know, the, the four seed. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not a classic, you know, juggernaut of the West. So I, I do think that part of the success of the Thunder does have to do with the weakness of the Western Conference. I mean, you have teams like Dallas falling apart. Minnesota's falling apart. Utah would like to fall apart more than they have, <laughs> but they're still kind of hanging around. Uh, Golden State's been putrid. That, I mean, Golden State's 8-29 and 29 on the road. Yeah. You know, there's there are reasons why they're here. With that said, there are a lot of really young teams that would like to be 500, and the only one that's 500 is the thunder. So I don't want to completely diminish this accomplishment because it is a big deal. Yeah. Cause you look at other teams like Detroit is in year four of their rebuild and they've had injuries this year that have led to where they are, but they're 16 and 57. I mean, that's horrible. Orlando who's in about the same spot as the thunder are with their rebuild are behind They're six games behind where the thunder are now. Uh, Charlotte, who's had years of rebuilding, are 23 and 50. You know, there's there are young teams that can't get there. I mean, Portland, for crying out loud, is nine games below 500. You know, so there's 
there this is an accomplishment, but it's not what it used to be. Like being the seventh seed now is not what it was, you know, a decade ago. And you have to be very careful when you ask a question like that. You kind of touched on it a little bit there because you asked that and I don't I'm like you, I don't want it to diminish anything that Oklahoma City has accomplished because quite frankly, yeah. it's badass to the point that they are. Yeah. And it and it feels like I may be off on this, but last night's win, it there was a point in that game I was watching and I thought, you know what, this kind of has the feel like we've we've been on the we've seen this team on the doorstep to get to five hundred multiple times this year. And even with Kawhi with the ball in his hands at the end of that game, you thought, oh no, this one just has that feel to it again that they're gonna lose a very close game. Then Dort happens. Um and it maybe it's weird to say it's the marquee win of the season for them, but I think you could at least make an argument for it at this point in, in this campaign. Well, I'll tell you this, the Thunder sent out an email to all the season ticket holders today that said, reserve your spots for the playoffs or play it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that tells me, that told me enough. I had a, I had a buddy this morning as a season ticket holder. And he said, how long do you think Sam Presti wanted to wait to send this one out? You know, um, so I do think it was a definitely a marquee win. I think that Suns win was a big one. Yeah. And then you kind of you're, you're looking down the barrel of this road trip, and you're thinking, okay, if they can go 500 with Clippers, Clippers, Lakers, Blazers, like okay, I feel good about that. And then you go into last night's game, and I'm I'm expecting a loss. Clippers have been playing pretty well. They're a tough matchup, and. You know, part of it, I mean, the Thunder got a little lucky last night in a couple ways. One, the Clippers were horrible from three. Two, the early ejection of Terrence Mann that Mm -hmm. was just like one of the most uncalled for ejections that I've ever seen. And then Paul George goes out late. So, like, you have those things, and you need luck to get to where you're at. I mean, every good team has luck along the way. You know, I'm not trying to diminish it, but, like, you look at last night. But to still pull off that win, like you said, when when Kawhi had that ball, I think there was like 20 seconds on the clock, and I thought, oh boy, here we go, pull up Jay. It's gonna he's gonna he's gonna do it. It's gonna be over. You know, he's gonna get to his spot there at the nail, and it's gonna nail it, and it's gonna be we're gonna you know it'll be like you know moral victory Thunder night, yay. You know, is what I kind of thought it was gonna be, and then the fact that he was so focused on the switch. I think you, I mean, honestly, I think you lost track of what he, what the goal was because he was like, okay, first thing to do is to get switched on to Josh Giddy. Here we go. And I can't do it. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to do it again. And then again, and then he's like, then the game's over. You know, I mm. just think that he, I think it was like a, honestly, like a brain fart from Kawhi. Cause I just, I mean, you at least want to get a shot off with five seconds left generally to try to get an offensive rebound to see if you can just make something happen. If you miss, um, and he, I mean, he didn't get one off. I think that he just was shocked by the the effort that that Dort put out there. Yeah, I'm with you. I think he kind of lost where he was at, uh, which is not the norm, right? Because I had the same feeling that you yeah. did. Um, like, oh, they're about ready to get Kawhi. How many times have we seen a scenario play out like this, uh, Andrew? Mm-hmm. I'll I'll ask you the question because I, I'm I'm amazed at what we've seen so far from J Dub. Uh, what can't that guy do? I, I mean, it's the, and I feel like that the list is rather short of things that he can't do. And that's how mm-hmm. quickly the involvement of his play has happened here in a very short professional career that he's had so far. That's, that's pretty incredible. 
that they were able to unearth that with uh, you guys talked earlier about going back through and redrafting stuff. I know Sam said he had him, I think, 18th in his mock, but there were very limited teams that had him taken as high as what the Thunder were going to have him. But my God, did they land an absolute potential star? Yeah, they did. I mean, th- there aren't many players like him that are two way wings that can handle the ball, shoot from distance, finish around the rim. I mean, he dunks everything. He, He's labeled as a guard on NBA.com, so when you sort through dunks, he has the most dunks of any guard in the NBA. Uh, he's he is just a, a phenomenal player who is going to be a star. Like I, there's there are, I can't think of a player who's had the kind of rookie season that he's had that didn't turn out to be a star. I mean, he it may be on the level of like a Jalen Brown, uh, could be on the level of like a Jimmy Butler type of star, but he's got that trajectory. He can handle the ball. He can get to the hoop shooting 70% in the restricted area, which is just absurd. I mean, the only other guys that are shooting that well in the restricted area are centers. You know, this is really uncommon for a rookie. And so he's also just one of the best guys too. Like he's emotionally intelligent. He's really great with his teammates. And he works really hard. He's got he's got his little brother Cody, who is number one in the 2024 class, and is going to be a stud as well. And he's you know gone on record saying like I don't he's like I'm going to work really hard so that I'm the best player in my family. <laughs> and he's got this kid like nipping at his heels, so he's got stardom written all over him. It's it's going to come quick for him because he has been so good. And, you know, when these, when these type of players get a full summer um, and a summer like the Thunder like to put their guys through, like you're gonna, we're going to see an improvement from him. I think, people are gonna, I think people will be surprised by what the Thunder can do next year. And, you know, he's going to be one of the guys that is going to be at the top of the list of why. Um, Andrew Select is our guest. You said a key phrase there, uh, emotional maturity. I think that that seems like kind of a fit with most of the guys on this roster. Like, you want to talk about basketball. We can sit here and talk about all the physical traits all that we want. Um, But um, with what the organization has put together, there's also a lot of traits off the floor from just a growth maturity standpoint that I think factors into what we're seeing right now with the level of play that they have. Yeah, I mean, Presti said it. I was at the press conference right after they drafted – Josh Giddy and Trey Mann, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and Aaron Wiggins, and Sam got up there at the podium and said, you know, I, I'm drafting people before players. And to be honest, I just rolled my eyes like big time. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, this is, this is the NBA. Like, what are you talking about? Right. <laughs> um, and I've been around them quite a bit, and I have seen nothing that indicates that that is not true. Um, they're all very good people, easy to deal with, uh, about the humblest group of young players that you probably can find in the NBA. It's kind of, uh, it's, it's very interesting to be around this group. There, I mean, Shay the other night said that there are like a, a bunch of high schoolers that just wake up in the morning, you know, they, they go hoop together. They spend their days together. Uh, it's a lot like the first, you know, group of Thunder players, you know, and 
it's it's a really interesting environment that Thunder have created for them. It's very tight knit. They, you know, as somebody who would like to have more access to the team, they don't allow a lot of that. And frankly, it's because they just don't want outside noise to, to get in. And, you know, that's, that's kind of their MO. And, you know, I, I understand it. I don't like it, but I understand it. Um, but these kids are really, they're really good guys. And it, it's, it's a team that I think everybody in Oklahoma can get behind. Yeah, that is a weird thing, right? I, and I've, I've, I'm like you, I've always felt that way that I, I understand the philosophy here from an organizational standpoint, but when you have such good young talent and they're good people to go on top of that, I wonder sometimes if being closed off ultimately becomes a negative. I know that there's a lot of positives you can point to. I just think sometimes organizations focus too much on what the negative would be without thinking about the positive elements of it. Now, that's also me saying that, understanding that they can do whatever the hell they want. They don't have to give access to anyone. They can, they can run it the way they want to. And it's working for them in terms of a rebuild right now. Just I, yep. I always think and wonder, Andrew, if – like five, six, seven years down the road from now, I never want the, yeah, you know, I wish we would have done that level of thinking from sure. an organization because it's not necessary. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, to their credit, I mean, I, I get to interview most of the players one-on-one -on -one before the season starts um, and, you know, got some good sound bites from Shea talking about how he wanted to stay here and whatnot. So they do get uh, some level of access, um, but, you know, I, it's a double-edged sword. I, as somebody in my shoes, I can think of, I'm, I'm like you, like, listen, uh, I'm not a harmful person. I'm actually going to show you what great personalities these guys have. Yeah. Uh, and, that, and I would like to have the opportunity to do that, but you know, they're doing their thing. No doubt. Um, your overall view on how we should just view this season. Is it just an added bonus with what they're doing right now? I know, man, like Chad opens up so much more potential. Uh, great to see that, you know, the work that he's putting in right now, um, where we, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel potentially on all of this. Uh, but is this kind of just a scenario, like how are you encouraging Thunder fans to handle what's happening right now? Maybe a little bit uh, ahead of schedule because of the, the, the state of the Western Conference, but this is kind of like icing on the cake to me with what the overall rebuild is right now. Yeah, I mean, essentially the rebuild is over. I mean, is where, is where they're at. I mean, they've got Shea, who is an All-NBA player. He's going to make the All-NBA first or second team this year. You have Chet Holmgren, who I think is going to be an All-Star level player. You have Jalen Williams, who's going to be an All-Star level player. You have Giddy, who's like a really good connector. You have Dort, who's a really – obviously, we it was on full display the kind of defender he can be. <laughs> you have Isaiah Joe. And you have a plethora of draft picks that can either get you another good young player or you can go trade for what you need. And, you know, I, I think if, if the team desired to have another very high draft pick one, they could, they could always trade for that. Um, you can't get into the top three. Uh, if they desired a top three pick, I, I would bet that this injury to Shea would have probably put them on the shelf. Honestly. Yeah. I, I, I think that they view the team it's closer to a finished product than not as far as like the, the key components to it. And it's probably a lot like when they had Durant, Westbrook, Ibaka and Harden back then they're like, okay, we're, we're ready to go. And they ended up trading Jeff green and you know, that, that whole story. But I, th I think that they're closer to that. 
and they're they're going to make a push to be in the actual playoffs and not to play in. And you know, Paul George being out is going to going to be a big deal for Thursday night. And you know, we'll we'll see where they are, but they're going to have a shot to get there. What will be really cool is that there's going to most likely be a play a play in game, if not a playoff game, in OKC, uh, which will just be. Man, I I cannot wait to see that environment again here yeah. with this new group. Um, so I would tell fans like this is the beginning of the fun part of being a Thunder fan with this new team. Is there's no expectations. This is where you just get to enjoy it. You kind of get to know the characters. This is like watching the first season of whatever great show you know you want to call it The Wire or whatever. Season like, okay, two of The Wire. You got to put in work to get through that bad boy, in my opinion. <laughs> Yeah, sure. This is like get to know the characters. They're great. This is going to be a fun ride. Like, here we go. This is, yeah. this is where they're at right yeah, now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Andrew, great stuff, man. Uh, I really enjoy all of your podcasting work. It's, it's great stuff. I love when you and, and Sam get together uh, on that pod. It was a great conversation uh, today as well. Thank you so much for taking a few moments to join us here in Tulsa, man, and keep up the great work. Yeah, thanks, Phil. I, right, I, I said Sam. It's I, Andrew. I apologize. God. All right, we'll uh, we'll take a timeout here on the Blitz 1170. Um, Andrew Schlecht is awesome. You should absolutely go and check out that podcast that he did with Sam this morning because I'm telling you, you will 100% learn something. Like I, we can all sit here and, and go through all the different different numbers um, that. SGA has, has, has accomplished so far, but there were a couple of numbers that were highlighted from Andrew that even when I heard him, I was like, what, what? If you were to start going through and plugging in numbers from like SGA through the early portion of his career, all the advanced stats on this, like numbers come out to some of the all-time greats that we're looking at, looking at here within a very short period of time. Now, a long way to go on that, and I'm not comparing the two. But what I love about SGA, and we didn't even talk about that, is he is the perfect combination of new and yet old-school type player. Gets to the rim with ease, absolutely love it, makes people look foolish, and he's not even a guy that's jacking up a ton of threes. Like, that's kind of the difference with what we're talking about with a guy like SGA that's capable of getting his own bucket without having to force the three or jack up a, a large percentage of threes. I mean, he scored 40 the other night, like Andrew was talking about, and didn't even shoot a three. Like, didn't attempt one. It was, it's insane what's happening right now. All right, it's 2.56. Take a timeout. We'll come back. Uh, when we do... Colby may be running a few minutes behind, but that's okay. We'll be able to fight through it next year on the Blitz 1170. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.